0: 42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first 6 weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast-paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation. Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode. Principal of Hospitality has been developed to tell the stories of professionals within the dynamic world of hospitality. We're straight talking, ethically minded, and a reliable online source of inspiration and information for people in the hospitality industry. Now with today's podcast, entrepreneurial from a young age and with a degree in business management, our next guest, Arez Nahum opened three venues in Tel Aviv before his 30th birthday and worked in renowned Israeli bakeries, bars and restaurants where he honed his skills across all facets of the hospitality industry in both front of house and in the kitchen. After relocating to Australia in 2015, he worked in a selection of Sydney's dining and drinking hotspots. And after being granted permanent residency in 2019, he embarked on a search for a venue of his own. In April, 2021, while Sydney was finally emerging from its first COVID lockdown and before entering its second, Erez opened Shaffer, a unique Surrey Hills location tucked between a 150 year old church and an old inn. So I feel really fortunate to sit down and talk with executive chef and owner of Shaffer, Erez, today. Hey, Matt, how are you?
1: to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, absolute pleasure, mate. I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic podcast, especially with your. You know history in the industry, and obviously coming from Israel, so I really want to—I really want to dive into that. You know, straight up, like, tell me what drove you to come to Sydney in the first place, and then to really develop the idea for Shafa.
1: I was actually not in a very good time when um, when a guy approached me. It was about seven years ago, and my mom just passed away. Oh. And I was well, in one of my hardest times in life, and I was kind of looking for a new start, a new opportunity. It was hard for me to get the wheels back moving in my life. And I got contacted by a guy that holds, holds a few venues in Sydney, and he told me, "Look, I need some help consulting, putting things in order." And it's a lot of different aspects, so some of uh, floor aspect and kitchen bar. So if you can help me with this consulting, I can get you um, a visa and then we can work out a sponsorship for you to be the head chef of my venues. And basically, um, I'll pave the way for you to come to Australia.
2: Mm.
1: And that sounded really interesting for me, especially in that time. And I uh, already been in Australia about 17 years ago traveling here. So I already loved the place. It was kind of a dream of me to come back here. Mm. So that was the, the perfect uh, opportunity for me. So I jumped on it and then started my journey here.
0: What did you, what did you love about Sydney in Australia when you came sort of 17 years ago? And did that really, was it what you remembered when you first came back um, only in 2015 again?
1: Yes. Um. So basically, you know, they say the grass is always greener on the other side. And <laughs> as much as I love and miss tel aviv and israel. in israel my heart i really feel like it's there mm. um it's a very stressful place to live and whilst here everything is very very easy going very chill i know with time go by uh, uh, cities become more hectic in general in the world but still proportionally speaking you can't compare the, the pace of sydney
2: mm-hmm.
1: even sydney to the pace of tel aviv it's like tenth of the speed and the stress, so I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I could calm down here. My creativity could go to the sky just from being having the peace of mind and not all the stress around. Mm. Just with small things that even you 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 going for a ride somewhere, you're riding with your car, and in Israel, just a five-minute ride ends with lots of anxiety. You you almost got killed by maybe seven times. Right. And here you're just cruising your car, listening to your music, it's a whole different story. So you can maintain much more calm, and by that, I, for me, I felt like I can make the most out of my potential, my creativity, and my life here mm. rather than there.
0: If I can ask you, like working in obviously venues in Israel, and then and then obviously venues here in Australia, does that does that anxiety carry over into the venues that you'd work in as well? I can imagine that must be a tough environment if you're thinking about how How anxious you are outside of work and then not trying to bring that into work right, compared to what we have here in Australia.
1: So everything is con- definitely connected. Yeah. If it's um, if it's the, uh, like you said, not carrying the stress of the outside world into your venue, which is one of the biggest aspects in hospitality because you want to be able to to provide a, a certain ambience to choose to end a business, and usually clearly this ambience is not a stress ambience. So mm. first is the aspect of not letting all the stress around affect the venue, the ambiance, uh, um, etc. And there are other aspects like um, the the day-to-day and the operation are stressful as they are because they are still in Tel Aviv, so they're affected by the energy. Mm. Um, the the, op- the way people live in Israel is very stressful and very hectic. So um, how it affects the technicality of venues is um, basically all the venues are open. 15, 17 years a day hours a day mm. which is crazy when you think about it and here it's very uh, maybe it's more cultured because when you have dinners so dinner restaurant open 536
2: mm. and
1: cafe just close around 3 pm and, and all these things allowing you more time to relax and the business more time to rest and get cleaned up and get properly uh, uh, prepared for the day after etc which you don't have this, again, in Tel Aviv and Israel, because venues are open all the time. So even the stress of just working through these, this operation is it, big. So mm. everything, everything in general is more hectic, but I have to say it's also part of the magic that, that Tel Aviv brings to the people in it, mm. which is everything very open all the time. Hectic, but kind of in a in a cool way and in a fun way. Although it is that hectic.
0: Yes. So how did the idea for sort of Shafa come about and how did you pull those elements from Tel Aviv into Shafa?
1: Oh, it's a good question. So um, it came from a few places. First, in my character, I'm an entrepreneur. So I always think what do I want to do? How do I want to challenge myself? And what do I want to bring that is new, that is missing out there? That's always the way I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. since i was 18 and i yeah i started my journey but <clears throat> when i came to sydney i've seen so many it's it's so multicultural and you have so many great places venues uh um, from all different kinds but i did find um, that i miss this style of, of venues of places the middle eastern one but not just because there are great Middle Eastern restaurants and, and places there, don't get me wrong. Mm. But something very particular that I wanted also to have and also to offer the market is something I grew up on. Mm. Just going around the markets of Tel Aviv and Jaffa, it was pretty much every day of my life, going around the stores, trying some food, uh, talking to the to the vendors. Um, and, and, and growing up into that and having... Um, Playing with the idea, and I had like three venue, different venues, really different style in Tel Aviv. I I managed to really experience uh, uh, the scene there, and I loved it, and I love the scene of of hospitality in Tel Aviv. And after coming here, I kind of missed it. Mm. And as again, as much as I found great places to eat, great ch- ch- Middle Eastern chefs that, that uh, really people do great things, I still was missing this particular ambience that you can find from my point of view solo in Tel Aviv and in Jerusalem and in Jaffa. And I wanted to bring this particular feeling that people talk about so much. Everyone that visits Tel Aviv talk about this experience. So I went and I said, okay, I'm going to define every little aspect to create this concept. You know, people sometimes... Um, don't understand the difference between opening a venue, opening a restaurant, and opening a concept. Basically everything needs to have a concept and it's a huge thing. A mm. So for for two, two and a half years, even before I got my permanent residency, I already started thinking, consolidating the, the idea of Shafa. Mm. It had other names before. Also the name is kind of a uh, rolled. But um, But really, I I ask myself, what do I miss, what do I love, and what do I think that will be great to introduce to Sydney Mm. for my memories, for my childhood? Because it's it's wonderful, wonderful concepts that bring you something more than a regular going out to a restaurant. If it's the warm service that, um, you know, they say Israelis are very warm people, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. <laughs> so you have to be sensitive about, about this thing because you're still in Sydney. Mm. But I did want to test the ideas which we're doing now of really engaging more with the tables. Mm. And, and while we do so many trainings for this type of service, because, again, you, you need to avoid uh, some people that want to keep private. You need to understand that and be sensitive. But the type of uh, of, of warm service, uh, music that is a bit different uh, that was created by one of Tel Aviv's uh, top DJs by, by the way. So yeah. I really tried to think about every big and small detail to all come together and and I think we succeeded. It was a teamwork as well. but I think we succeeded and and when I go in uh, when I come into Shafa. I really have the feeling in my body like I'm in so many places that I love to be in Tel Aviv.
2: Mm. And
1: I, I hear the same from my clients. So I'm really happy we could really assimilate.
0: How how long did it take you to sort of build that concept creation? Obviously, you said, you know, you were, you were really working on it uh, for a period of time before you actually opened at the start of, you know, um, April 2021. But... You, you obviously took all these different experiences and emotions like along your journey. Like how long do you think when you look back you were actually trying to create this concept? Because that's what we talked about, you know, in depth the other day, this idea of concept creation, right?
1: I can tell you that entrepreneurs always think and always have ideas sitting in the back of their head and sometimes you develop this idea and sometimes the other idea. But they're always kind of, it's like a garden in your head of growth, of ideas, uh, that you share sometime with people and develop with people and and i love i love to do that so ever since i came to sydney seven years ago almost seven years ago i've been thinking about this and i've been consolidating ideas but the idea of really um wrapping all this to a concept and, and called chaffa at the end of the day um been rolling the last uh, not the last but two and a half years before i opened cha so it started four years ago, four and a half years ago. And one one more thing that I forgot to mention that I've seen is, uh, and of course, uh, you, you, you should visit every venue that you hear about, uh, Middle Eastern or non-Middle Eastern, in the area or not in the area, to see what the market offer. Mm. And, and one thing I forgot to mention is that I, I, what I felt that... Mid- First, I felt that Middle Eastern is really rising in the world and I kind of looked at the market and I've seen okay five years ago it started started to arrive to Melbourne Uh, like 10 years ago it started to arrive to to United States and Europe like big time and great great amazing Israeli chefs that I follow going there and opening restaurants and concerts and doing amazing so I think people like the idea. Mm -hmm. Australia is probably a bit more far for these people, but I'm already here, so that's my advantage. Yes. And what I, what I wanted to say is that I also found out that I looked at Sydney and I said, this is a very vibrant place in a matter of um, uh, uh, alcoholic culture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's, you know, people just say, yeah, people love to drink, people love to drink, mostly in a bad, in a bad, uh, um, bad way, but I think it's great. I mean, yeah, of course, alcohol always, you need to control it, etc. But Mm. I think it's great because I think it's a big culture here. From the bottomless culture that I, I saw only here in Sydney, and I loved it. Every meal is accompanied by great drinks, not just drinks, great drinks. Awesome wines, great cocktail culture that you have here. And this is the thing that I didn't really see too much in the Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern venues that I saw in Sydney, at least not until four years ago. Mm. And I saw, and I thought that's definitely something to combine with the local culture.
2: Mm.
1: So with, with my authentic food, so you don't have to be a very old fashioned restaurant. If it's an Arab style restaurant or Middle Eastern style restaurant, you can make it super sexy and super cool. So that's what we tried doing, really making a great, great wine list with a Great sommelier that worked with us, y- amazing, amazing cocktailist. Also with a, with a guy that won some prizes for cocktail. Really, um, Samuel Williams. If you heard about him, mm-hmm. um, so every every aspect here was really up through. And and a big big thing that I forgot to mention as well is, is my wife is creating uh, brands and creating concepts by, by work. That's what she does. She owns Hand Studio. Mm-hmm. So she was a big big part, and we had a great journey me and her just talking 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 all the time everything was in place
0: yeah was it was it hard to land and feel extremely confident on what actual concept you were going to roll out with with Shaffer? because i imagine being a person like yourself who is so creative or like you're obviously different you you probably thought of ten different concepts which could potentially work, right? And then you've obviously landed on Shaffer and obviously having your wife as being the creative and doing that part, I imagine makes that process a bit easier because you can spend more time on the creative part. Um, what what made you really confident that Shaffer was the com- uh, was the venue that you wanted to do?
1: Nothing. <laughs> I have <laughs> to say. I was I was I was I was look, it's scary. It's scary to open a hospitality business. brings so many costs. It's such an expensive business, and if every every uh, a financial genius will tell you just don't open an hospitality business. It doesn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Risks and chances. It just you cannot uh, uh, say that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So I, w- I was scared, and also I took a, a venue that is more creative. Um, how do I say it? Is is a very hidden venue inside these between these old church and old motel with a ten meter high ceiling and and I was thinking not only that I'm uh, introducing kind of a new concept to Sydney I'm hiding it yes <laughs> so so I, I I wanted people walking in the street and say oh wow that's interesting because they won't see the place at all you hardly see the place mm. so I was actually stressed but every venue I ever opened and every person that opened venue. it it will life will tell you it's not stress it's a stressful especially if you're presenting a new concept yeah but i always learned and my father taught me that you have to go with what you believe keep keep doubting yourself keep questioning yourself but stay focused with what you believe so as you asked me before the concept all along went to to different different places it was almost so many other things a bit to the right, a bit to the left, until it became Shafa. Mm. It was a very, very long journey and a lot of brainstorming, a lot of talking and a lot of market re- market research. And all along, I was scared until I opened. And then we said, okay, let's do soft launch of three weeks. And in the third day, we were packed. And since then, we are packed. <laughs> so I was really, really relieved. It's also quite an expensive adventure.
2: Yeah
1: so um so it it, it was definitely scary i'll tell you one more thing sean Mm. when i started looking for a property that was um july so when covid first hit Mm -hmm. like everyone were panicking people didn't know if the end of of the world is coming yeah like it was it was it just started on, on march or april and on july i was looking for a property mm-hmm. so i was the only person in sydney it's like these people uh, driving against the traffic yes and you know i, I, that's I felt and everyone looking at me who's this cuckoo person looking for a property the other real estate agents were out of work yeah completely mm. so the second i i contacted all of them, like, there was a rumor that someone is looking for a property. And I my phone was flooded with real estate ag- agents telling me, look, I have property for you that you can't imagine. Can't imagine. And, and I, I went to so many inspections of amazing property. That was confusing. Mm. Because I, I've seen um, properties fitted out, completely fitted out with the plastics, <laughs> with glassware, with equipment, with marble, like everything new. And they they tell me, look at, take these keys, tell me how much you want rent free, and I will say yes, and that's it. Just Why take this venue, just take it. Yeah, and the rent was ridiculously low. Yeah, and I and that was a very confusing time for me because um, it really moved me. Like uh, it got me confused. What what do I want for my concept? What's the best thing for my concept, rather than what's the best thing for my wallet? And I'm Jewish. Mm. I definitely think about the best thing of my wallet, you know. So um, on this time, I was trying to be very um, stubborn to keep my head in place of what I think is the best venue. Not necessarily will save me three hundred thousand dollars. Mm. And when I I found this this venue, this was a bad opportunity there was nothing there. It was like just this space in between these old buildings. It was almost like all the dumpster of the whole area from the renovation of these beautiful buildings as they were renovated the last past few years. Mm. And I've seen, I remember coming with the torch of my iPhone. It was all dark and covered and I've seen the sandstone and I I was feeling it with my hand and I felt how it's um, crumbling. The sandstone is always crumbling. And I literally felt with my, the tip of my, my um, fingers, how, how I used to feel in Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and Jaffa, just feeling this sandstone. And I'm like, mm. That's what I want. I want a venue that has heritage, that has energy in the walls, that can really give me something else than any other venue. And I've seen so many. So that was a big, uh, um, a big decision to make, um, to leave all the fitted-out venue and to go for something that need even infrastructure which mm. are very expensive. Yeah. But I'm happy we got there, and I'm happy it worked.
0: So it feels like you landed on that, really, because the energy, the space, and because it connected you and grounded you back to home. Do you think that's a fair assumption?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. You literally walk to this, to this property from an, an alley. It's like it's so similar to the alleys of Jaffa, how you enter a space and everything kind of gets revealed. It's so similar that it's it's scary, honestly, how similar it is. Mm. And and the, and I, I loved how the, the the senses in this place. You you smell the walls, you smell the spices everywhere. We all actually took care of a lot of work about the senses um, to 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 hear. So you kind of walk and then you see the space open up. But even before, from the street, you hear the music, and you kind of walk into the alley, and you start smelling the spices, and then in the end of the alley, you get the property get kind of revealed to you, mm. so you see it all. So yeah, we definitely. I loved the energy of the place.
0: What was what was people's feedback to you when you told them that you were going to do that space rather than walking into a place which might be rent-free, completely fitted out? I imagine you must be getting some challenging feedback from people.
1: Oh, you have no idea. So they tell you don't listen to people, and it's so true. Because if I would listen to every person I brought to see the property, and I'm all excited and inside scared of their reaction, everyone told me, "Wow, it's beautiful." But do you think people will come in here? Like, how will they know you're in here? Like you don't, you didn't have any other restaurant in Sydney. Like you hardly have a signage there. Like and and every every reaction like that. <coughs> Made me, you know, I you say, uh, uh, worried a bit, <laughs> kind of doubt myself yeah. and, and be, yeah, worried a bit, worried a lot. But, uh, and I had many talks in the night, the end of the, the days were long, fit out is a long process, and many talks in the night, meanwhile, with my wife telling her, Am I making the right, mis- the right, the wrong uh, um, decision or the right decision? Mm. And I always, after I took a few breaths and the anxiety calmed down, I always told myself, do you really truly believe that you will work? And I said, I do. Mm. So just let's go with it. I I couldn't go with anything else because I really truly believed in that. But every person, literally every person that came in during the fetal time told me, are you sure? (laughs) Well, I already signed a contract. (laughs) It's like you do a tattoo and you show someone and it tells you, Maybe a little bit like you know it's already tattooed on my <laughs> arm. You can't change that. So
0: yeah. Do you think? Do you think looking back, you liked that it was a bit harder and that kind of stuff as well? Because obviously, on the podcast, I talked to a lot of founders, right, who have started restaurants, which um, maybe not in maybe maybe that venue is a bit harder to find, like yours is, like you're saying, like it's it's a bit off the beaten track. It's um, people really have to discover it in order to find it for the first time. But then they go on to Really build these impactful businesses in the hospitality industry. Did you do you think looking back, you actually liked the fact that it was going to be a bit tougher for you to push you through?
1: Well, uh, yeah, I think where I only kind of uh, attracted to challenges, and I also believe that I believe that if you go to a, a harder way, if it's the right way, it will pay off. Mm. And, and uh, for example, per se, uh, for this property, I said, if, if I crack it, if it's really going to work, then that would be a, a very special place. So, uh, uh, taking on a challenge consciously, whilst you have big belief in what you do, mm. is not necessarily a bad thing. You just choose to have a harder way. But, again, it, it should pay off mm. if, if, if you succeed, hopefully. And if it pays off. After a, cha- a more challenging way, the the fruits of your labor be bigger. Yeah, that's what I believe.
0: Absolutely, and I want to talk about your plans for the um, plans for yourself, like moving forward at the end of the podcast. But before I get into that, like, and when we talked the other week, we talked about you know obviously your set menus, your amazing uh, menu design. Like it's really unique. Uh, there's a lot of things which even I hadn't you know seen before on menus. Like it was just very impressive. Um, and obviously this focus on bro- a bottomless brunch, which we talked about at the start of the podcast, why, what made you move forward with, you know, essentially a, bro- a bottomless brunch kind of concept, given that you hadn't really seen that before um, in Israel?
1: So uh, dinner and lunch are built very different, while everything is under the same line of abundance, like uh, the place that I come from, is, is you, you can never run out of food, like everyone over, overly eating all the time. So it was important for me that no guests will finish the meal and still feel hungry. So the, the sizes are quite big. However, they're not enormous. So you don't want to get this feeling of obnoxiousness of, you know, like uh, there's no value. Abundance, abundance of colors, abundance of taste, uh, textures, abundance of, of size of portions um, and also, what guided me was um, bringing really authentic dishes and flavors, giving a reinterpretation for them uh, on the menu that, that will have them placed in in the Sydney culture, mm-hmm. which is more colorful, more uh, presentable, the, an abundance of different flavor. That particularly speaking about brunch, there is a big, big culture in in, in Tel Aviv of people going out for brunch. And, usually it comes with Arak, Arak is the Middle Eastern Anisi drink, but these branches are very market style always, the type of food, the way it's served is very rustic Mm -hmm. very very fresh as you find in the market is always all the ingredients are super super fresh, it's the fish and the meat and the vegetables, the sauces are made on the spot so everything gets a whole new dimension of, of, of freshness basically, even the spices being drained on the spot give you much more flavor so i tried to do that on our brunch and our brunch is very different from the dinner it's very market and um a market style branch brunch uh, with a lot of sharing plates very fun and and i wanted to take this bottomless branch that i found it amazing if you do it right again and we 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 made a really good offer of, of bottomless drinks that combined with our bottomless menu to create the local experience of of boozy brunch. I we do also send a lot of arak shots as well for the table, but to create a local bottomless culture mm. combined with a market food menu that you can find so commonly in Tel Aviv mm. and Jaffa. So two two places that kind of come together, and it's really a beautiful experience. It's my favorite, I have to say.
0: I was just going to ask you like. At the start of the podcast, we talked about how you opened, obviously, in April 2021 in between lockdowns, right? And obviously, Sydney went into a, a lockdown midway through last year. How, and that was a really challenging time as it is now to get quality people working for you, right? Like with inside hospitality venues. How did you find oh my God. that talent to open the restaurant in April and then hold them during a lockdown that you guys had last year? Yeah.
1: <laughs> So what, what, what guides me with the with human resource is that, well, it's very commonly known, but you, you can't miss the fact that human resource is the most, especially today, important resource you have. So put a lot in it. A lot, not just a lot of money. Venues now offer people uh, more money and they think they will get more people. But this, the people they will get We'll leave them two weeks after for two more dollars an hour because mm. these are the kind of people you attract yep. you need to offer a lot in 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 many terms in terms of money yes and in other terms of feeling of togetherness and feeling of of a family because when you think of the amount of time you spend in your workplace especially in hospitality mm. And you, it, 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 it reminds me of the army service, really. You work shoulder by shoulder with people. It's like you're going to war every day, especially in a busy venue. So what you need to give them is a fun, a fun place. So when they come in to, to their shift, they need to smile. They need to have a good conditioning in their body. Though. It's going to be a fun, fun ride now. Uh, I don't want to run away to my phone every 2 seconds to check it. I want to leave it aside and have a great time with my, the people around me. Mm. And the, the mostly the biggest thing that we offer to our staff member is, is to share passion and enthusiasm. From day one, we said that it's a, it's a playground, okay? It's it's like a playground for all of us. So if you are a waiter and you're fascinated to learn cocktails, be my guest, go in the mind, we'll we'll provide you Great training platform for you to study to, to learn how to make cocktails wines, or if you are a waiter that want to learn how to cook, or a chef that want to learn how to to manage a shift, or all these things, and they actually happen. All our team members are experiencing other aspects. We involve team members with all our plans, with uh, tastings, with experiences. As I said before, a lot of things are happening as a teamwork in Shafa mm-hmm. and the result is that the stuff really feels part of Shafa. I don't know, maybe not even one venue that carried their stuff from the beginning, like we do mm. and everyone really feel like family. Everyone care, everyone have an opinion about so many things that we're doing. Mm. If it's men- new menus uh, new cocktails, new wines, now we're opening the rooftop as well. That's a new thing. So we're involving all the team with concept because it's going to be a new type of menu. So mm-hmm. which concept sh- should we go with? Because mm-hmm. people have so many, so much knowledge and so many opinions. Why not enjoying and sharing that? So this is what we offer to our staff that is kind of um, outstanding than other regular jobs, I would say, or other other venues mm-hmm. that prove to, to keep the staff really loyal to us from the beginning and mm. incredible people. Really, we're so lucky to have them.
0: So how are you sort of, if I can ask you, how are you sort of managing that along the journey? Because I really want to dig into that a bit because obviously you've got a great team culture and to have a venue which is operating so successfully um, in a time which is so challenging in Sydney, especially after that lockdown. Like I've talked to a couple of venue owners who have gone through that process in Sydney and Melbourne the last year or so. Are you doing, is it weekly meetings that you're doing with the team? Is it based on like staff dinners that you do every day? Is it like how are you connecting the dots to make sure everyone's on the same table and everyone feels engaged?
1: So weekly meetings uh, we have with the managers, fortnight meeting with all the team.
0: Wow.
1: Uh, Staff dinners, definitely something we do. We give daily briefs that are not just... um, what we're missing on the menu today or what or we, where does the oyster come from today yep the, the daily briefs are a lot about what we do and how we want to make our customer i was teaching a few years in, in a, the biggest bartending and hospitality uh, school in tel aviv and i'm a big fan of training in this aspect because this is the fun part mm. and when you try it's, it's like a philosophy um, a lot of people tell you wine bore them, but when they will start talking about the flavor, they will start to get interested. This is what happens usually. People say, oh, I don't know all the wine tasting. And when you sit in a circle, everyone tries, and they smell and share that. Suddenly it becomes interesting. Mm-hmm. That's what happens in daily briefs that we talk. We talked about the service before. We talk about every day the service is a plan. We talk uh, which section you're going to take, what, what will be your focus, Body language. We talk every day about body language. Wow. This keeps people super excited. And there's a lot of aspects of, about body language, uh, um, <clears throat> about eye contact, how to use the eye contact, how to, um, you know, there is a, a small thing that we practice is I, I smile a lot. I look at people in the eyes and I teach my staff that uh, if a guest can be a bit upset or came in in a bad energy Look look him in the eyes, give him a nice smile, and tilt your head a bit. The second you tilt your head, the other side just look at you and say, oh, he's so sweet. Mm. So we want to get people uh, uh, leaving their troubles behind when they come into Shafa. So we talked a lot about how to give this experience, and this keeps all of us interested, intrigued, and we enjoy with one another a lot. It's a bunch of amazing people, and this is very important to us, not just professional people, but really great, great people to work with. So we share enthusiasm, enthusiasm together on a daily basis, And of course, stuff, uh, stuff dinners. We're going uh, bowling. We're going. We're going to the swimming pool together. We're doing like barbecues, a lot of activities and this kind. Of, we actually want to start a volleyball league. shop volleyball league uh, uh, upcoming summer. We hope we can do it. just see. <laughs> That'll
0: be cool. That'll be cool. Do you find you have a um, like more uh, full-time and part-time staff rather than casual staff in order to make sure that experience is consistent? Or are you finding that the message is really coming through to sort of all levels of the team? Because I can imagine that's pretty tough for a venue that may have a staff member who works, you know, three shifts a week or whatnot.
1: Definitely. Definitely you want to run with the full-timers.
2: Mm.
1: You want people that knows... Every aspect, every ingredient, every every allergy, how to cater. There's so many food allergies these days, intolerances. And you want staff member that knows the Shafa story, because it's a big story. Mm-hmm. And people that come to Shafa, they want to listen to this story. They want to have a chat about it. You wanna you wanna hear. There's so many words in the menu that you, you can't even pronounce. So you want a staff member that walk you through all this experience, not just reading gibberish words. So we're definitely running with a lot of full timers. That are our core, the foundation of Shafa. Mm. But you do have to top it up with some casual, uh, casual stuff. Remember that. That honestly, these are the hard to manage, the hardest to manage because it's constant training that you need to give. There is yeah. a lot of training. Mm. So yeah, you wanna you wanna definitely have as many full time as you want.
2: Mm. So,
0: So my final question to you, mate, is like, what are you guys looking forward to in the future? You obviously just talked about, you know, a rooftop bar and and that kind of stuff. But I can imagine that, you know, those property, uh, those real estate agents who are hitting you up in 2020, like want to give you all these different properties are probably hitting you up again. Mm -hmm. Now they've seen what you and your wife can can produce here in this amazing venue. Like, what are you guys looking forward to in the future?
1: So, yeah, uh, we are... Already looking into um, other opportunities,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not necessarily in Sydney. Um, we are already looking into Melbourne, okay. and we also looking into Sydney in other areas rather than Surrey Hills. Mm-hmm. And we're looking into uh, many things. Um, to definitely, we should uh, expand the, the Shafa concept and the Shafa brand. But we also have some other concepts that we develop, and uh, we also collaborate with some great. People, I, unfortunately, I can't say too much at that stage. Um, but really interesting things coming in the upcoming week uh, to our uh, little Shaffer group that's expanding. I love it. Great things to
0: hear. Erez, hey, thanks so much for your time today. What's what's Thank the best you. way that, that people can find out more about Shaffer and come and come and book and visit?
1: Definitely go on our Instagram social media and on our website. You pretty much have all the information you need. From packages for events through menus, lunch, brunch, dinner, set menus, à la carte, bar menus, and everything, and all the news we publish in our website. We have upcoming events uh, like the opening of the rooftop now, so everything is published there. So if you want to uh, hop into our website and our social media?
0: Um, as always, linked up in the show notes to this podcast. Reznahum, thanks so much for your time.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principle of Hospitality. I hope you really enjoyed that episode and got something from it, especially if we talked a lot about staffing there and about concept creation, which I think is incredibly important if you're working in this industry we all love. Please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We're making this content with the industry in mind. So we really appreciate you sharing along to those that you know. If you don't know us at Poe, Sash my co-founder from Principle Design has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding and graphic design, you can find them at principledesign.com.au and myself at 42 Days as we develop the people systems to make sure that your staff enjoy their first six weeks of working with you. You can find us at 42days.co. Thanks so much for tuning into another episode. Until next time, stay well, everyone. 42 Days ethos is to build solutions for hospitality businesses to retain and develop their team. We believe that the first 42 days, the first 6 weeks of someone's employment in any industry, but especially the world of hospitality is so competitive, fast paced and intense. We have an opportunity to reshape that narrative. Our team has extensive experience in the hospitality industry so we know what it takes to keep your team happy and engaged. We'll work with you every step of the way to create a plan that works best for your business. Go to 42days.co to book a consultation.